0: Welcome to the Ashes podcast, sponsored by Travel Bank, creating all days packed full of exciting memories since 1979. England, having bowled Australia out for 179 on an off-and-on, topsy-turvy day one, are decidedly on top. Joffre Archer was once again the star, taking the first of presumably 100 or so Test 5 wicket hauls to reduce Australia from 136 for two to 179 all-out. I'm your host, Ben Gardner, and I'm joined for the very first time by a special guest, Jared Kimber. Cricket writer, broadcaster, data analyst, general manager, you name it. Jared, where did it all go wrong for the Aussies?
1: Um, Yeah, uh, where did it go wrong for Australia? Well, I mean, it's overclassed um, conditions and they're in England. So I probably went wrong when they got on the plane and they were going to get pictures like this. Um, uh, I think actually a lot of things went right for them. They didn't get any edges early on. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, I thought England bowled dreadfully at one stage. There was that point on Twitter where everyone said England had lost the ashes for about an hour. Um, which shows you how poor um, they had bowled. So um, I just don't think Australia are suited to wickets like this, and especially against you know Broad um, and Jofra. And to be honest, if Wokes had bowled as good as he usually does, uh, Australia might
0: not have made 86, let alone 179. Yeah. Do you, Do you think it is one of those scores that could end up being sort of half competitive? Is it not a Test match, and are going to rack up 400 in a defining lead, or what do you think?
1: It, it's interesting. If it anything like this tomorrow, then I think. 177 or what sorry 179 could end up being a handy score i think you're right but uh, it's not supposed to be like this tomorrow it's supposed to be sunnier yep. generally it leads when it's sunny that's uh, that's a problem so uh, it, i suppose we have to wait and see what the weather's going to be like but it shouldn't it shouldn't be enough <laughs> it should be at the very least 80 to 100 runs behind where england should score um, but you could have patton who could run through them or you know or Hazelwood, um, and things could change but realistically this I don't want to be in a situation where we start going 179s enough in, in <laughs> Test cricket, but the way that
0: teams are batting, I don't know, maybe it is. Yeah, okay. And there was that, there, as you said, there was that stage with that one partnership between uh, Warner and Labuschagne when batting did look okay for a second. And it was when the sun was out. So do you think it's mostly, is it really the overhead conditions rather than the pitch? Or is it just... As Patrick England just bowled badly and they made it look good, or what was it?
1: I think if, if you look back at the CrickViz data, that early on I thought they bowled very well and they didn't get the wickets they went for. And I think the natural thing there is. Uh, to start chasing the wickets, and I think that Wokes um, maybe less so. I think maybe he just didn't find his rhythm, but I think Ben Stokes cer- certainly looked like he was chasing wickets. And this is a weird ground because it's a ground where you can take a lot of wickets, but you also, it's quite small and quite square The wicket. You can score quite quickly, mm-hmm. and I think they were chasing, bowling maybe the wrong lengths, and Australia pounced on that. And maybe you're right, maybe the sun did come out a bit more then. Um, it's hard to remember. I don't remember having seen the sun today, <laughs> but, but um, I wasn't always yeah. looking up although I was looking up most of the day. But but I think that the main thing was in that period that England didn't bowl well enough. If they just stayed in the channel just outside of stump and kept, uh, and kept the ball there, I don't think there would have been a partnership like that.
0: Yeah, okay. So obviously Warner made runs today. Didn't look convincing all the time, I guess it's fair to say. Do you think, I mean, I guess in the World Cup he sort of did the same thing where he made scratchy runs at first and then was back in form. Do you think this is the same thing? Or do you think there's an issue with him batting in England or he still doesn't have a Test 100? What do you think's going wrong or is starting to go right there?
1: I mean, most interestingly is that you've waited for Davy to get on the bus before you said this. <laughs> you made sure that he's safely behind you. He was uh, behind us a moment ago. Um, I don't think he batted very well today. Um, I'm not sure I've seen him bat that well. I, I think you were right. I think the World Cup... Um, I asked him about it in a press conference and he got a bit tetchy. <laughs> um, uh, he tried to make a joke of it, but he also sent me a message later going, do you really think I'm not batting well? <laughs> so I think there's a certain point where he's um, uh, he's still searching for that, that form he had before. But don't forget, he made a lot of runs in the IPL. Mm. Um, uh, you know, So it's not like he's come from completely no form, but... In the World Cup, I thought he struggled a little. He certainly struggled with Stuart Broad here. I thought today it was mostly a Stuart Broad-related thing. I actually thought he looked pretty good against the other bowlers, even Jofra. Whereas I thought against Broad, he, he really didn't look like he was going to hit the ball. Um, but no, I, I, look, it was a lucky innings. It, it, it's, it's no different than uh, the Rory Burns innings in, in the first Test for yeah. me. Um, on another day, you bat exactly. You make as many mistakes as those two did, and they wouldn't wouldn't have lasted five minutes. Some days it just goes to you, and also. You might you might be able to say that Broad maybe bowled a bit, a bit too wide to him and a little bit too short. Um, it's interesting that Broad bowled the perfect line and length to head mm, yeah. and got him out. I don't think we saw as many balls um, to Warner in the same area. So, you know, th- there's a lot of different factors there. But I think w- Warner will be happy that he's just got runs, yeah. you know. It wasn't that long ago everyone was like, will he make a run this Ashes? Yeah. Any runs will happen, and he is a
0: confidence player and, uh, you know, but he's probably looking for some sunny days. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's go through a few of the talking points of the day reasonably quickly. Marcus Harris came in at the top of the order for Cameron Bancroft and made eight. Still probably the right decision, you think?
1: Yeah, I think he's uh, probably the better option, especially in English conditions. I don't think Bancroft was going to make any runs. It's one of those things that Harris fails. So everyone goes, we shouldn't have made a change, but I'm pretty sure Bancroft would have failed anyway. So I, I think that was the right call
0: cool and the other change was uh james Patterson coming for peter tiddle but the form was sort of rested second test and sure he was uh but the, the phrase they've been using is cherry ripe which sort of makes me uh makes me a bit squeamish. or oh, uh, hungry. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, well. uh, yeah I, I think um,
1: if, if that's what they're going to do, I mean, they're basically thinking about it from a baseball perspective. They're mm-hmm. trying to platoon, uh, platoon their bowlers a little bit and bring them in when they're, when they're cherry ripe, <laughs> um, when they're a Mars bar. I don't know. I don't understand the full phrase. But um, uh, if that's the case, then
0: it was the right decision to bring Pattinson back. Cool. Yeah, and then looking at the end of the day, after they did break that partnership, uh Jofra Archer, is just, he's going to do that to, to loads and loads of tails, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's going to get lots of people out, isn't he? I
1: mean, it's incredible to watch him today and bowling at 84 miles an hour. And the first thought is everyone, oh, England broke him in the last test. They bowled him too many overs, which m- might be slightly true as well. But the, the truth is, I think he was holding himself back because he knew the conditions were, were in his favour. Yeah. That means he's not a fast bowler. That means he's a complete bowler, which just means that he's going to destroy teams in all sorts of conditions. I mean, if you've got someone who on a flat pitch can bowl, you know, 95 miles an hour, and on a pitch that seems can can go back and still nip it around, and uh, now he's walking behind you, but he'll be happy to hear this, so that's that's okay. Um, if that if you've got a bowler of that talent, uh, you know, I'm not sure how you stop them other than injury, um, because you know you look at someone like Sean Pollock who probably was never quite as quick as Jofra either but he had the ability to you know so when his body did start to to, to compact a little bit he was still really good the McGrath mm-hmm. was, was slower at the end I mean that means that Joffre can for maybe five six years absolutely you know uh, annihilate people by hitting them in the head and then um, w- he'll be so smart that he'll be able to get p- players out the other way That, that those sort of bowlers don't come around that often
0: yeah I think that's a bit of obviously we've Compared to a lot of people, it was a bit of Dale Steyn and the way he cranked up and down in the speeds. Dale Steyn, I think, has spoken about how he would pull it back when he was bowling with the new ball because there's that swing off you don't need to be crank up tonight an now and then when that goes you crank it up and as you say you didn't need to crank up at all today because yeah it I think was always
1: there it just when he got i can't remember which wicket it was but it was a wicket in the middle he went up to 89 yeah so again i think he thought something something's gonna happen here and he cranked it back up and then the ball was doing enough and he and he, he came back down again so i mean that that just shows a proper cricket brain like you yeah. know um if sean tate and show a back tower are not going to do that yeah right yeah, okay. they're going to keep bowling as quick as they can um as long as they can whereas you know he's a skillful clever bowler and he's got a lot of different um you know he's got a great wrist position he swings
0: it he can seam it he can think batsmen out and then occasionally he can bowl at 96 miles an hour yeah okay so we should probably talk about the the one australian <laughs> who did look pretty good which is malas yeah um he uh well i guess two questions is Um, is he the real deal, and why didn't he start the series in the side? Yeah, he would have started the series in my side.
1: Um, Interestingly, though, I'm about to say that I'm not sure he's the real deal, but (laughs) I I think he should have started. I think he's um, a a very – I think he earned the spot, and he made sense. I think that they were a bit worried about that sort of middle order area where they thought they were maybe slightly more covered. um, Mm -hmm. than I think they thought that Head and and Wade deserved the spots more than him. I think now we're looking at it, and and we're probably thinking – uh, maybe he's a better option in England than than Head is. But um, he averages 37 in first-class cricket. I had a look. I think he averages somewhere around 30 in first-class cricket against right-arm seam bowling. You're going to face a lot of that of really good quality yeah. in test cricket. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure where he fits into the side. He sort of has to bat three or four. Um, but he's not a great player of seam, um, and he's a better player of spin. But I'm not sure because he's not – he's. You know, head we know Head's gonna score quite quickly when he gets in and Wade's obviously quite attacking. That's the sort of five and sixes that Australia like. I I, I worry about it, but I I certainly think that today this is the best I've ever seen him bat. Yeah. Um and in conditions that probably don't suit him that much. Um but again, he played missed a bit early on and looked like an Australian batsman playing in England, uh in in the bad ways, uh for a little while there. So um but you know, the fact that he can get a hit in the head and get hit in the penis and get hit everywhere (laughs) else and still come back to it It does show that there's something there. But I'm not sure um, we're looking at a batsman who will ever average more than 40 in Test
0: cricket. But in modern Test cricket, maybe that's more than enough. Yeah, Uh, Maybe take some courage to review the decision that got him out as well. I think when you're hit by a shin-high full toss... And you fall over and are on all fours. You might not want to see it again. What well, I like, I like. That he was angry that he missed the full toss. Yeah. He was angry that he was given out, and then he was. He seemed angry that he reviewed it at yeah. one uh,
1: there, There's a lot of. There's a lot of angst in 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 Manus. Um, uh, which and look, there's a couple of funny moments today. The other one was the, the great one where there was the four overthrows off the bat and yeah. the England crowd started booing and then they realized they won a World Cup with that and like swallowed the boo midway through, which, you know, so there was some funny cricket. Jeez, when he got hit in the ball, so that, that was a painful mm. blow. Yeah. That was only funny until it looked like he was actually hurt. Yeah. Um, I remember playing with a guy once who the, the box split open mm-hmm. and then split back shut yeah but with his um, with his manhood inside it. For a minute, I thought that might have happened to Manus.
0: Yeah, and Amla once had to miss a test, I think, and had to have surgery on that area after yeah. a blow. So it, it can be serious as well as funny. It's 99 times out of 100 funny because yeah. you only need to... Sw- but what I, I mean, you know,
1: it doesn't matter if you believe in God or evolution. It's a massive design flaw to have <laughs> something that's that painful dangling outside <laughs> your body. I, I mean, for cavemen, it must be they must have be been getting it caught all the time. I'm not sure if you thought that. that's where this podcast was going at the start, but I was always gonna take it back to Caveman and their testicles.
0: Okay, and well let's let's finish on a cricket note in that case. Uh your predictions for tomorrow, what do think's gonna happen?
1: Uh I think it is weather dependent. I think if the weather's in Australia's favour, then one seventy seven maybe uh, sorry, one seventy nine. I don't know why I keep saying one seventy seven. That was the last time I looked at the scoreboard apparently <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think I, I. think you know they'll be in the game. They should be. They may not bowl them out for as cheaply, but they should be able to bowl them out for maybe two twenty or something like that. But if it does get sunny and it is an easy ground to score quickly on, and and Australia lose their way a little bit, um, uh, then there's no reason why England couldn't score over three hundred. I'm not sure you can score much more than that here. But if they score over, if they score three hundred, then they should win this test.
0: Yeah, I I I agree. I think I think England will score three hundred, and I think you're right that they. I think they will need to score that to win the test as we saw in the first test when England got a lead of near 100 and Australia's batted them out of the game I think when tests get shorter third innings maybe get a bit longer and the pitch hasn't broken up by that stage and that might be the best one to bat rather than the second innings and so you really need a, a big lead if you're going to bowl first uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens so uh, thanks, thanks Jared very much for, for joining me for the first time we'll be here again tomorrow and the day after if we get that far <laughs> Uh, this has been the uh, the Wisdom Daily Ashes podcast, sponsored by Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of exciting memories since 1979. And if you enjoyed listening, please subscribe on the podcast app and Spotify, anywhere else you can find, and tell your friends. Podcast Network.